Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. I want to welcome you to a new series that we're kicking off this weekend entitled Happy. I want to welcome those that are making room and making space at 1230 as well as those watching online. And I'm gonna ask you if you have your Bibles because this series is going to be a chapter by chapter study in the book of Philippians. So I'm gonna ask you to turn to chapter one of the book of Philippians because we are going to, over the next few weeks, unpack each chapter of the book of Philippians. And uh, I know it's where you live because it's where I live. And we're going to really see how this book of the Bible speaks to a group of people in a particular context. It speaks to all of us as well today because the Bible is living and active. In fact, I'm going to ask you throughout this series, if you would, to read the book of Philippians. Over the last few weeks, I've had a little time off. I've listened to it. I've read it. I've been digesting it. Uh, Of course, I've been reading it for many years, and the power of the Bible is it's so alive that it can speak to you right where you are. There'll be something there that God will illuminate and bring a now word, the living word, the logos word is is there, but also it'll bring a now word into your life. So I'm going to encourage you to, again, listen to it, engage with it. I love these series. I always preach from the Bible, but I love sometimes where we unpack a book of the Bible because at Easter I do a survey every year just getting some information on where uh, we would expand and ministries and I, I get some feedback from you which is always very helpful for me. But I noticed that the second largest response last year from a survey standpoint was people saying I wanna learn more about the Bible. And so I know that you want to learn the Bible, but you're somewhat intimidated by it sometimes, and you need a little help along the way to get you inspired in this book that tells us how God thinks and never changes. It, 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 culture changes, but the Word of God does not change. It will, it will judge us in eternity, and so the truth that we're all looking for is found in the Word, and so we're going to look at this book, we're going to unpack it, and we're going to see what it has to say to us. The fact is, if you just kind of take a landscape, you, you take an overview, and if you were to say, can we get a word or some words that really define the book of Philippians, then any scholar or any person who's read it would have to say the word joy. It, it, it calls on us to not just have joy. We'll talk about this in this series. What is joy? That's a little bit of a word that's not used a lot in common vernacular, but it also exhorts us to rejoice in the Lord, to rejoice in the Lord. So there's this idea of joy, and I called the series Happy um, because I, I think it's probably a more common term. And so don't, don't email me, don't, don't be religious, because people are like, well, happy, that's not it, it's really joy. Okay. Um, Makarios, <laughs> uh, in the original language, when Jesus gave his famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, really a better translation of the word blessed is happy. So, so, so let me just set you at ease. God's okay with us using the word, he just wants us to understand how to filter it through a biblical context and the real truth of God of how to experience it, okay? And so we could, we could expand the word to joy, to contentment. It, the, this, this book will talk a little bit about that, to fulfillment, to, to, to this, this, this inner 
sort of understanding of how the world works that's bigger than external things. It's also something that our culture wants, something that we all desire. Everybody is desiring it. We have the songs Pharrell gave us. Happy, come on, I'll put it in your head now. (laughs) Happy clap along if you will, like a room without a roof. Ah. Come on now. Now he says another line, clap along, okay? And he says, happiness is the truth. Appreciate Pharrell, God bless you if you watch my message. (laughs) But truth is bigger than the cultural view of happiness, okay? So we're gonna learn that in this series, How Truth. Now, some of you are a little antiquated. We gotta go back to the 80s, right? Don't worry, be happy, right? So those songs catch because our days are filled with frustrations, our souls are filled with different temperaments, your different personalities. Some people are more melancholic, other people deal with this situations and circumstances. So we're trying to grasp towards something that makes life lighter, that makes life brighter, that makes life work. I actually have heard from three to four people recently because I've been thinking on this and meditating on it. And I'll always just, because I live around people, you know, I just, I'll kind of bounce it off of somebody. And I've actually heard three to four people say, I say, what's, what's the thing you want the most out of life? And they say, I want, and this is especially for some of you, again, that as you experience this a little ways in your journey, I want my children to be happy. I want my children to be happy interesting concept that it's something we want for our children but the question is do we know how to convey that to them do we know how to help them experience that I asked the guy the other day I said and I know I'm generalizing but 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 it seems like a lot of people are a little more frustrated and unhappy I was asked the guy the other day I said why are people so unhappy and he said what's well, easy pastor this guy's not a preacher or anything he's just an everyday guy he says what's well, easy they think if they could get more more money. I'm like, I, maybe I thought of that one, but I don't know if I'd put it at the top. And he, he said, no, no, they think if I could move from this amount of income to this amount of income, to this house, to that house, to the vacation house, to the vacation stuff, if I could get that stuff, I would be happier. Some of you that have got the stuff, does that work? It doesn't. It doesn't. Nothing wrong with the stuff, but the stuff can't produce what you're looking for on the inside. And so we're chasing it We're after it, we're looking for this wake up at the first of the day and man, today is going to be a good day. I'm happy today, I'm alive today, but it eludes us. And by the way, we don't like being unhappy. We we don't like it because we have a pressure to be perceived as if we are, but when we're not, we don't feel true to the version of ourselves that we're supposed to be. By the way, unhappiness, discontentment, lack of joy in your life will cause you to make bad decisions. It will cause you to make bad decisions. In fact, as a pastor, I've talked with people and some of the worst decisions they made. I'm like, why did you do that? They said, well, I deserve to be happy. And that job's not making me happy. My spouse, your marriage, You had all these years invested. What happened? Well, I can't really point to one thing. She or he, they 
just don't make me happy. So you left your commitment based on an elusive feeling that you don't even know how to quantify, but you desire happiness, we all do. You know, if things and stuff and notoriety and youthfulness could, could make us happy. I saw an interesting article recently from an interview from Adam Silver, who's the commissioner of the NBA. By the way, it's March Madness time, right? We have a little pastor's bracket going. <laughs> We're just betting like sermon material, okay? We're not just... <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And, and by the way, I never reported on fantasy football season. I was in the dump. I was in the toilet. I was way down. But because God loves me, he just does love me. I just, man, there at the end, I just accelerated to the top. I just want to put that out there. And uh, coming on pretty strong with my bracket. And, uh, and so these college basketball players march madness. It's kind of cool because they have so much to look forward to. And if you were to interview any of them, what would they want to be an NBA basketball player? Well, the, the, the commissioner, the new commissioner of the NBA, when interviewed, what's different about your job? What's surprising to you about your job? He said, I've been most surprised by the fact that you have these young people who are making millions of dollars. They have their youth. They're doing every day the game that they said would give them the most passion. And I've been overwhelmed by just trying to understand why are so many of them unhappy? Why are they unhappy? Why are we unhappy? Well, the Philippians are a little more like us than you may, may know. You say, I want to learn how to read the Bible. Well, one good thing is always understand who was it originally written to. The Philippians, this is a place called Philippi. Paul, the apostle, he started this church on his second missionary journey. He loves them. In fact, you're going to hear how endearing his language is to them because they get it and they see the bigger picture. They're not just consumed with themselves and they've been helping him to start other churches and advance the gospel. So he has an affinity for them. He planted the church, very important to the context of our whole study together. Paul is in jail while he's writing these words. Not a good circumstance. He's in jail. And he's writing back to them from this place of jail. And, and this, this city, it was a significant Roman colony, one in a significant battle. And I, I don't want to overgeneralize the ancient world because it's much different than our world. But I do think it's important we really look at these words because in comparison to the rest of the cities of that time, the Philippians here, they were somewhat up, upwardly mobile. By the way, you can be down and out, but you can also be up and out. Just because you have access to things doesn't mean you necessarily have more contentment or happiness. So they had more access. It's where there was building and builders and people pursuing. In fact, they're, they're, the, Paul has to start talking to them about proper ambition, how ambition works. Nothing wrong with a healthy understanding of that. Why am I saying all that to you? These people, we can relate here. These words are for us. Let's look here at this verse here in Philippians 1.4. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Paul's going, I smile when I think about you. I, I, I get happy when I think about you. Why? Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul said, you guys understand it's not about you. It's about the bigger purpose and perspective of the kingdom of God being advanced in the earth. 
Look what he says here though. He goes into now, what he's gonna use is the context of this first section of his writing to them and this is gonna be kind of our anchor place here for the first week. Look at this, very important. Be confident of this, that he, he says, I am being confident of this, that he who began, everybody say began. Began, there's a starting point, a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So Paul says, the nature of the things I wanna talk to you about, I'm gonna talk to you about joy, and he's gonna use that word in this chapter. He says, we need to first set the stage here. The general way I'm seeing you is God started something in you. It's in process. You're making progress, but God will complete it. So here's my first thought for us in joy and happiness and life and you know this series is about being that person by the way you know that person we all know that person right that not Debbie Downer we're not talking about fake hi I'm happy but you know that person that brings life to what room they come in you know that person you want to be around you know you want to be that person well Paul hits on a understanding of something both in your relationship with God, in your walk practically, in your relationship with others, and that is this idea. We say it all the time, I'm not perfect, but we expect perfection to be happy. I'm gonna say that again. I'm not perfect, but why is it if we know we're not perfect, we expect things to be perfect in order to be happy? If we know we're not perfect, why do we expect things to be perfect in order to be happy? You won't be happy if you need everything to be perfect all the time. I don't know if I'm preaching to any controlling people or perfectionistic people, people who have trouble if something's not completed, people that have trouble if something's not moving fast enough. I'm just tired of the process my kids are in. You know, took you 20, 30 years, but they... This is obvious. The process of your employees, the process of life, perfectionistic tendencies are a trap. They're a trap to steal your happiness and your joy. Here's a thought we have that perfection equal happiness, but it's a lie. It's a myth. It's a myth. Perfection does not equal happiness. I'll give you one of mine. We have the concept of happy place. You have a happy place? I have a happy place. In my room, over here is a little nook, I have a, I have a happy place. And it's my happy chair in my happy place. And I've made my happy place like I like it and it's my chair that makes me happy. Now the reason it's in my bedroom, it didn't make the cut for the living room. Come on somebody. <laughs> but I like it because it's my chair. And I have what I like around there. I have the books and I have them, you know, they look unorganized to you, but to me, they make me happy. I have them laid and I have my stuff and I have my little prayer card that in the mornings I pray over you and I have a little coffee stain on the table and I get in trouble for that, but it makes me happy. And I have my iPhone charger on the arm of the chair because I need to charge my iPhone. 
So at night, I plug it in, and my charger's always there, and I will admit to you, I can get a little scatterbrain, I can lose some things, but I've learned a long time ago the things I use every day, you know, like my bathroom sink, which my daughters mess up and get makeup and stuff, but I, I keep my stuff there, you know, I've got to use a toothbrush every day, might as well keep it in the same spot. I have a razor, don't shave your legs with it, please. I mean, I, it's my razor. You're dulling it, Okay. It's my stuff. It's my stuff. I just leave it alone and leave my charger. My charger, you know, unless a rat eats it, unless a short comes or something happens like that, charger should stay there till the return of Christ. <laughs> my kids don't share that sentiment. They get my charger. It messes up my day. It makes me unhappy. I know that's humorous. But how many things are like that in our lives? The charger gets moved, the appointment gets moved, the people on your team, this is, they're just, it's just the way life works. It never works out according to schedule. It never operates always with the perfect calendar. And here's the thought, and I, I wanna confess to you, I've missed some moments because I was focused on the wrong things. Can I say this to some of you young families? I coined this phrase a few years ago, five or six years ago with our team. We're living it now. And I've gotten better over the years of enjoying the journey. You know, while you're looking at the thing that's not working out perfectly, you're missing the perfect moment sometimes. You're missing the perfect moment that you won't get back, that go by very fast along the way. And I will just confess to you, there have been times where it wasn't like I drew it up and I missed the moment and I didn't have the joy that I could have had and, and I wasn't as happy because I didn't learn how to kind of let life breathe along the way because it's messy. It's messy. Here's some traps though, and Paul gives those to us here. Three traps that keep us unhappy. Number one, we get trapped focusing on our mistakes instead of our progress. We get trapped on what's not right instead of what is right. Paul says it this way, he keeps praying for them and he prays for discernment for them and then he prays these words right here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that they might be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. This is very important. You may not understand this biblical metaphor or picture, but the Bible uses this picture of fruit all the time. What is that, okay? It's a picture of this, that you, the, the fruit tree doesn't perform to produce fruit. The fruit tree doesn't experience fruit on the outside that doesn't come from the life source that's on the inside. It's the biblical picture of our relationship with Christ. You don't go out into around some orange trees and they're over there going, poink, made an orange. Doesn't work that way. The tree, if it's healthy, is connected to the life source. The life source is flowing through the tree and the fruit is an external picture of the life that's on the inside. And I know a lot of people miss this. God bless Pharrell. Happiness is not the truth. Happiness, if you perceive it to be the truth, will be something that you'll pursue trying to find that which is right, but miss it all the time because truth is a person. Truth is a person who when he makes it true in you by you receiving him. You don't obtain righteousness. You don't, there's nothing perfect in the world outside of Christ. 
The perfection in you is one element. It's the perfection of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says to us, it's not popular today because a lot of people think, well, we're basically like kind of good. We're like sort of okay. No, we're not. You don't have progress in your life. You don't have any spiritual progress at all outside of Jesus. You are what the Bible says, dead in trespasses and sins. You are stuck. You are just totally immobilized by sin. You don't come to more church. You don't read more books. You don't do any religious system and that's never been Jesus's goal. Jesus's goal is you are dead and I'm gonna come and give my life as an exchange for your sin and your brokenness and when he comes into your life, he makes it right on the inside. You become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and then his life begins to flow out of you. And I'm gonna tell you, it's supernatural. There's a happiness, there's a joy and a contentment outside of your circumstances that fills you, it grows in you. It's just hard to explain, but I'm gonna tell you, it's true. And things become more right in you. I was counseling someone early on in ministry and it just struck me, I didn't understand. I, I said, why are you so unhappy? And of course, as always the case, they go back into their, their childhoods and their backgrounds and you know, people who don't know the joy of the Lord, people who don't know the life flow of the Lord, hurt people hurt people and what happens is unhappy people, they don't want to, they don't mean to, they actually want everybody around them to be happy, but because they're so filled with unhappiness, then they make others' lives around them unhappy, and so there were coaches and parents and people just like all of us have had that this person, because of their trauma and unhappiness, they picked up a perspective with people, get this, and a perspective with God, that the way I can be accepted and loved and happy is to always do that which is perfect and right. And if I'll keep it perfect, and, and by the way, perfectionistic tendencies are most of the time motivated out, out of, if I can control the circumstances, I can protect myself from the hurt. I can protect myself from the hurt. Hate to tell you this, you can't. You can't control people. Anybody live long enough? People do what they want to do. You can't control situations. What you can control is you can control your level of surrender. You can control your surrendering to Jesus knowing you can't meet the standard. Let him come into the inside of you and then the progress will start in your life. And by the way, there's some of you, you know Jesus. He started a good work in you and he's still after doing something in you. You've boxed him out. You've hedged him out and you mentally keep him out and you wonder why you're not content and not happy because I want to tell you, sin will make you unhappy. It will. Death, sin brings forth death. And so when you participate in knowing, willing, anti, I know a lot of people say, well, God's gracious and he doesn't judge and he doesn't forgive. I mean, okay, Judging meaning you put yourself in a better place than someone else to not know you have your own brokenness. The Bible says there's some challenges with that, but Paul's actually praying for them to be able to discern, to be able to judge that which is fruitful. And I'm gonna tell you, there are things God tolerates that he doesn't like. There are things that will rob you of a full joy, but I'm gonna tell you, if you in every place that he's asking you, if he says, I want that, and you say yes to him, 
you surrender it to him, you start finding that fruit, not of your righteousness, but his righteousness working in you. Can I encourage you with this? There's no such thing as the happiness of you. There's no such thing as the joy of you. But the Bible says the joy of the Lord can be your strength. The joy of the Lord flowing through you. Here's a second trap that we get into as well, and that is we get trapped waiting for our circumstances to improve. We wait for our circumstances to improve. Paul gives a radical statement. He says, look, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. That's a radical picture. I'm in jail, but you know what? If I live, I'm gonna live in Christ, but if I die, then, then there's gain. And so he has a perspective that external circumstances do not influence my internal happiness. I have a deeper understanding of where that comes from. Paul is saying there, look, I may be in prison, so you may be in a challenging job situation. You, you, you may have a challenging relational situation. That may be reality. The Bible says in this world you will have tribulation. That may be reality, but Paul says, my joy cannot be imprisoned. My joy cannot be, my happiness cannot be imprisoned by the circumstances that are going on around me. And so in our lives we begin to understand how to tap into something deeper than what we experience on the outside. By the way, a person who shows up at work in a challenging situation with the joy of the Lord has a massive impact on the other relationships around them. And many of us grew up in homes where we, we, we were taught it's the coach, it's the teacher, it's someone else, it's their fault, and we were agreed with on the basis of our happiness and joy being on the basis of their neglect or mismanagement. By the way, don't teach your kids that. Teach your kids, it doesn't matter what they do. There's unhappiness in the world. There are people that are gonna mismanage, but you are responsible for you. And you have the ability outside of those circumstances to tie into and tap into a source that comes through Christ. Here's the big one that's a theme in this book, number three, here's a trap. We get trapped by fixating on ourselves, which really ties in with what Paul is talking about there. He goes, look, this is bigger than me. I love this, I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. By the way, that's not a theological concept that's communicated a lot today. See, this longing in us for that to be right, there's a righteous longing there. We want our worlds to be right. We want that situation to be right. We want things to be completed and finished. But there is an element outside of the return of Jesus Christ or in heaven that things are imperfect. We live in a broken world. So there's, there's a perfection that's unobtainable. Now I wanna be clear, I'm not one of these that goes, well we just need to have an escapist mentality and forget about learning how to work our joy out and you know the truth is if that's what God thought then as soon as you accept Christ he should just zap you, boom, you know, go right up to heaven. But he said, I want heaven to show up at your office. I want heaven to show up in your home. I want heaven to show up in your neighborhood in Jesus' prayer that this will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But what's not talked about in a upwardly mobile, socially uh, kind of in a different place society is a lot of times we think, again, we can, we can buy or pay or fix or hire or manipulate everything into perfection. And we a lot of times think we live in heaven. Well, no matter how much affluence we have, we don't live in heaven. He says, look, there's a desire to depart and be with Christ. He says, this is the text, it would be better by far. 
but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress, get this, I will continue with all of you for your progress and your joy in the faith. So when you begin to get outside of you for someone else's progress, someone else's joy in the faith, it's a catalytic recipe to produce joy in your own life. It, 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 again, the worst person in the boardroom, the worst person at the family meeting, the worst person, the most insecure person in the room, and we all do it, but at the level you do this, the worst person in the room is the one who filters every situation through the lens of how does it affect me? How can Paul be in prison and have what he has? He's not even filtering his circumstances through the lens of how it affects him, but he's filtering it through the lens of how he can be a blessing for the progress and the joy and the faith of others. This, I would love to say that our culture is getting closer to the biblical text, and I'm a positive person, but I will tell you, we live in a more self-consumed world than ever before. I mean, the, the word selfie did not exist 20 years ago. Y'all with me? It made the Oxford Dictionary in 2013. There were more people killed taking selfies than were attacked by sharks, okay, over the last year, okay? 19 out of 20 young people have taken a selfie. Let me tell you what we didn't do in the 80s. We didn't take our Polaroid out to a field <laughs> or the little instant camera that you dropped off at the one hour photo, get the sun just right, put on a Marf, that's a man scarf, y'all don't know what it is. <laughs> and take a selfie. We didn't do that. <laughs> I guess it's okay. <laughs> I don't know, I don't, whatever. But, but the way to joy is, it's not about you. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, you wanna be a lot happier? Go into the room this week and go, this is not about me. This is not about me. I'm gonna factor myself out of the equation as much as possible because being self-consumed, it traps us. It robs your joy along the way. In fact, I wonder if the selfie sometimes is, I looked at a lot of statistical evidence so that I could kind of give you factual evidence of why people are unhappy. Truth is, there's not a lot out there because no one wants to admit on a survey I'm unhappy. So a lot of times the selfie is, I'm happy. Are you? Are you? How are you doing in your relationships? How are you doing in your friendships? How are you doing when no one's there? How are you in your soul? How's that tree doing in there? How's it doing? Is it producing that kind of fruit? We're gonna unpack these over the next few weeks. Next week, in fact, Paul's gonna talk to us about how to have humility. I believe that's a confusing term for a lot of people. What is that really? Okay, I mean, how do, how, do we, how do we handle this? And so next week we're gonna unpack it and this, this book comes back around to these concepts over and over on how we can have contentment, happiness, and real joy. I wanna pray for you, but I, I just, I, I, I've debated really at some level, I guess you would say. I, I worked through, I, I thought though something personal in my life um, 
because you guys see me and you're like, you know, Pastor Jeff, you have no problems. You have a hotline to God. You never have to deal with these things. Um, but I thought because this was so personally impacting to me, um, I, I thought I would share it with you. And I actually asked one of my children if they would be okay with me sharing it with you. But a few years ago, my youngest, she, um, she had a, an arm that we thought was broken. We put in a cast, but over time, her arm stopped working. And um, so we didn't know what was going on. And by the way, I, I'm being vulnerable with you. I'm, I'm really not asking for medical advice or emails and internet vitamins and all that. Y'all with me? God, I mean, just I'm being transparent with you for a reason, but by the way, one of the divine things of God is he introduced us to the, some of the top researchers and medical professionals in the world, really, as we walk this journey out. But uh, we, we took her, and, and that was a journey in and of itself, as you see, you know, in this orthopedic hospital, kids struggling with really challenging situations. And um, long story short, it was, it was a chronic a chronic condition and, and we've, we've seen God do some miraculous things um, in miraculous healing and some treatments and yet we're still in the battle. Uh, we still take medicine, we still have throw up sessions every week, we still battle through these things and it's given me extreme compassion for people who have children who walk through illnesses and sicknesses because you would rather be sick than have your kids sick. But on the day, it was really just the most shocking because we weren't expecting it, you know, and we were just blindsided. We met with these professionals and they shared with us, here's what the journey looks like, here's what you're gonna face. I had to go out in the hall a few times and cry and come back in and we had blood drawn and, you know, watching that whole process, the, these, these doctors, they give stickers and they have toys and stuff for the kids getting all the blood drawn, which my daughter now, when we go back, she takes stickers for the other kids. Um, and, and cause she knows how big those stickers were on that day where she had to do all this, but they ended up putting a large needle and putting medicine in, in this elbow. And we were just, just struggling through the process of it. We went to bed that night and of course woke up the next morning and, and you know, your first thought is how's she doing with all this? And I, I come out and she's coming down the stairs and this so impacted me. I said, how you doing, Lainey Kate? She said, I haven't lost my joy. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. That's why the Bible says out of the mouth of babes, Sometimes God speaks the most profound thing to you. You know, I don't know if you're facing something or someone around you is facing something, but I will tell you this, sometimes looking around at people, I go to now to that hospital, I see kids with no limbs, no legs, wheelchairs, I see people suffering through. And, and I know some of you are suffering maybe some really severe situations, but I wanna say a lot of things in our upwardly mobile, aggressive, perfectionistic culture, a lot of what's making you so unhappy is not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal. And here's the power that came from my young daughter to me. I haven't lost my joy, Dad. So there's a lot of times when I have a tendency to lose my joy and I think about her words to me, I haven't lost my joy. Can I encourage you? Don't lose your joy, no matter what you're going through. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. I believe there's some of you here 
right now or maybe watching me online or 1230. There's some of you here. When I started talking about being dead in trespasses and sins and how religious activity and, you know, if I'll do it right, then God will love me and he'll accept me. Or maybe you've tried everything else and you know it doesn't work, but you're at that place where you say, Jesus, I need you. I'm not right with you and I wanna be right with you and this is your moment and your time and it's bigger than my words, but I wanna lead you through those words just as a heart prayer to Jesus. Jesus, you just say it to him. Jesus, I come to you with my imperfections, but I wanna be filled with your righteousness. I believe you died on the cross. You just say it to him. You died on the cross to pay what I couldn't pay. You rose from the dead, you're alive today, Jesus. And I want you to become my Jesus, my Lord and my savior. Come into my life and save me. If you prayed that, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Give us that communication card. Come forward at the end, there are loving people here that would love to talk to you, to pray with you, to talk to you about this relationship. I would love to meet you at our next Discovery 101. But now if you've made that decision, we wanna help you walk it out. But second of all, I know there's some of you here where one of these traps is trying to steal your joy. I want you to walk out of this moment with a newfound understanding of the joy of the Lord that is your strength. Father, I pray for that. I pray for that joy that's deeper, that happiness, that contentment that comes deep from the inside, Lord. I know sometimes there's medical things, there's chemical things, there's hormonal things, there's very challenging situational things. And Lord, you're greater than it all. So I'm asking you to fill each and every person, Lord, with that fruit that would come out of their lives that they might be able to say that the joy of the Lord is their strength. Lord, we're in process with you. We wanna keep moving toward the process and progressing and journeying with you because you who began a good work in us, you will complete it in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 